three, four. Me and my friends do sinister things, and that's because we're cynical beings, and we're living in a house, and we're chilling upstairs, and we're doing a podcast, Impaired. Welcome back, everyone, to the Impaired Upstairs podcast with Cody, Brady, and or Ryan. And or Ryan. Howdy, y'all. How you hey. doing? Good. How are you doing? Doing pretty great. We're back this week. Yeah. Let's jump right, right into it. We have uh, Drink of the Week. Elysian Altered Contact. Altered Contact. Uh, it's tart. A Tastes like lime. Tart, IPA. tart IPA. It's good. It's tasty. It's kind of like a mix between a sour beer and an IPA. It's like it, it's kind of weird. It's not yeah. super. It's not super carbonated. Yeah, I'm not sure how much of a fan I actually am of this. It's, it's all right, but like. You know, if you like sours, you'll probably like this. Right, I, I'm a sour beer kind of guy. I, I I enjoy them. I think they're different. It's a, it, it's hard to classify them as beer almost because they're so like out of different. the ordinary. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I I enjoy them. So it's just you got to take it for what it is. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, but uh, it's good. It's by a lesion. Um, What's the percentage on that bad boy? Six point eight. Oh, there you okay. go. Yeah. Moderate. Yeah, yeah, like a IPA, just standard IPA. Yeah, maybe even a little low for some IPAs, but you know, it's yeah, good. some of the ones we had. Oh yeah, and the band of the week is American football. Band of the week is American football. Ryan, why don't you tell us about American football? Yeah, um, American football is a is a pretty sweet band. You you guys aren't super familiar with them, but we were listening to some of their songs uh, before the podcast. They're from uh, Urbana, Illinois. They were pretty popular in the late 2000s they released their self-titled album and it's like a cult classic it's a midwest chimey guitar emotional music uh never meant is their most popular song off that album or their most popular song in general say that again never what never meant never meant never Mm. meant uh honestly is a great song that's like one of their more like rock songs uh the summer ends is has some trombones and trumpets and um, wind instruments. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, so um, yeah, they're they're really really they're they're a cool band. Now I say this about every single band that Ryan Lins, Ryan listens to, but all the I, weird bands that I listen to. I was thinking it, it gave me a little bit modest mouse vibe. It has become a running joke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> every band we listen to sounds like modest mouse. Yeah, I'm like, hey, is that modest mouse? Is this modest mouse? Is this, mm, mm. Well. Modest Mouse is definitely doing stuff way before American football was. Oh, yeah, clearly. Um, and then... Probably before they were, the band members were even alive. Who knows? Um, maybe, maybe not. Um, but I guess some Modest Mouse influence. They're very... I don't know how to describe them. It's just like very... The lyrics are super emotional. It's almost kind of a downer to listen to, unless you're really in the mood for it. But uh, very... I like the I like the wind instruments. It's very, very artistic. Very, very cool sounding. Indeed. Very hipster. Yeah. yeah. Give it a listen. Do yeah. you guys ever prank your coworkers? Do I? No, I don't. R- not really. I don't really have any coworkers. Did I, you? I do sometimes. Did I back in the day? Yeah. I, I have. I've been pranked for sure. Oh, man. Um, I... Share share some of yours, and then I'll, I'll think of a good time that I pranked someone. I'll have yeah, to think I, about I, it. I had a coworker that was a bit of a prankster as well. He's always haven't, haven't we all? Yeah. <laughs> so EMS is a world full of pranking. 
uh, each other. Uh, when you are first starting at our company, you have a binder full of like everything that you need to know to get started uh, with our employer. And it used to be a thing where if you left it out on the table or it just wasn't with you, then someone would put it in a tub of water and put it in the freezer and freeze it. So I've seen pictures of people's shirts frozen in blocks of ice in the freezer. That's such a good prank. It's brutal. It really is. It's is that binder something that's like important? Like all those papers are now ruined. And to... <laughs> yeah, you can get another one. Oh, uh, but it's uh... now that that has gone away. Some of the medics got a little upset because when the pro proby is uh, just starting out, they don't want them to be looking around for their binder while they're driving lights and sirens down the road. Well, that kind of makes sense. So we have to adapt and overcome. Uh, now people have been. You know, trying to figure out new things. Hey, can you go uh, grab me some fallopian tubes out of the ambulance? <laughs> oh, what a troll. That one it's usually horrible. gets the new guys. Um, but everyone's heard it by now. That, I would hope that Wait. most guys going into an emergency medicine field would know what that is. <laughs> but I guess not everyone. Not everyone. Is not it, everyone. Is it just because they're kind of like new and kind of stressed and they're like, ah, right. and then they're thi- and then they like, wait a minute. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. It's like the fresh meat thing. Yeah, gotcha. So... So people know, like they, they get that one right away and, and it's, you know, not very funny anymore. So recently I wrote, uh, on our whiteboard in the crew quarters, uniform inspection at 12 o'clock. We don't have uniform inspections at Ole, just to clear that up. You troll. (laughs) Uh, so I went out to the ambulance the trainee was doing the rig check and i said hey uh just so you know we have a uniform inspection our monthly uniform inspection at noon today uh you are in a loner uniform right now so i wouldn't worry too much about uh, like ironing or anything maybe just a lint roller uh but those boots are yours so you're definitely going to want to get those shined one of my <laughs> one of my co-workers was walking by horrible. i said Hey, uh, I winked at him and I said, "Hey, can the trainee borrow your your shoe shine uh, for the uniform inspection today?" And he said, "Oh shoot, is that today? Yeah, sure. He yeah, he can borrow it." <laughs> Dude, way to roll with it. I don't know who the coworker was, but that's impressive. Yeah, that, that that was that was pretty good. Um, Deserves a pat on the back for that <laughs> one. Uh, so then he we kept it going. We went into the crew quarters he looked at the board he was like oh yeah we have that uniform inspection today i should probably shine my shoes he didn't recognize your handwriting no ah. i love it uh well done one of my other co-workers let it sl- slip that it was a joke ah uh, done so i kept trying to get him all day long i was you know new things i did the fallopian tube thing he got that right off the bat i said can you go grab me some paint thinner and a bolt stretcher he figured that one out <laughs> right away stretcher. uh so you didn't ask him about blinker fluid no i didn't you would think that after the fallopian tube he would like maybe catch on to something's going on right so uh, my my plan was to break him you know break him down with these little things yes so that he wouldn't realize when the big one was coming and we have 
uh, pagers, little radios. They're just uh, receive only. You can't transmit over them. But that's how we get uh, our calls or when we get tones that drop and then um, and then they give you like what's going on and where it's at. So we get a call or I'm sorry, we're out on a call and we're coming back and we're going down the highway through Carlsberg and you know how it splits off where there's the right right lane is exit only and the uh, left lane is continuing down highway. Mm -hmm. And um, so the pagers save uh, messages, right? So Right, so it's like you got a voicemail or something. Yeah. So I turned it way down, and I clicked the play button, and it said, one new message, playing message. And I cranked it way up, and the tones dropped, and it said, uh, medic so-and-so, BLS lift assist to uh, this place, which was down the highway. And I cranked it way back down, and it said, end of message. (laughs) So I picked up... So basically... He fabricated. He, he only heard the tones drop and the call. Yes. So you, you got rid of all the stuff that he would have picked up on. Of like, oh, this is just yep. a replayed message. This is involved. So I picked up the handset, the, the radio that we talked to our dispatchers with, and I said, dispatch uh, SA3 is en route. I put it back down. And... So we're like, all right, we're going to a call. It's a lift assist, so not too bad. But I stayed in the right lane, okay, towards the exit. I said, you know what? We're not going to this. It's a waste of my time, and I've been to hundreds of these. They're going to cancel us before we get there. We aren't going. And I kept going, and I kept driving. And, and he's, he's like, like, are you sure? He's in the back of the ambulance. He's freaking out. He's like, there's no way. <laughs> Are we actually doing this? So we got all the way back to base, and we parked the ambulance, and I hopped in the back where he was, and I hit the play button on the pager and replayed the message, and he finally got it. So. That is brutal. So when you were talking back to the dispatch, you didn't actually didn't, press the button. I didn't actually click the button to okay, tell them. Okay, gotcha. Yep. Uh, so then a couple days ago, I wrote on the board, as I always do. I always write something weird on the board. Uh, one time I wrote, uh, what was it? Mop the ceiling and, and walls and take the prosthetic limbs out of the heaters. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> so then recently I wrote, take all the light bulbs uh, out of the crew quarters. And one of my coworkers was getting off of shift. And I, I said, hey, are you, are you going to help us with the light bulbs today? And he said, light bulbs? What are you, what are you talking about? I said, yeah, we're, uh, we're taking them all out of the crew quarters because the company is trying to save money. He said, <laughs> you know, I don't know whether to believe you or not because I've heard that you're the prince of mischief around these parts. <laughs> <laughs> fitting, fitting. Oh, man. Oh, man. So did he, he, he didn't go through with it? He didn't. Uh, Got no, was he on. was, yeah, he ended up, he was like, yeah. <sighs> That's too bad. Pretty good run, though. I'm always trying to come up with new things. Well, at least he, like, kind of almost fell for it a little bit-ish. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he, at first, he, he didn't know whether to believe me or not. <laughs> uh, 
but my reputation precedes me. So yeah, that's rather impressive. <laughs> uh, you know, I I um, I like to have fun at work, and my coworkers are uh, supportive of it as well. They like to have well, fun as well. Well, that's good. So no I one mean, gets too sour. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. It's all in good fun. Are these the same coworkers? that we're putting binders in the freezer before or is it, is uh, it a, a lot of point? yeah a lot of those old timers are gone now um so we're we're the new age we're here to have fun and not destroy proby binders anymore that's good responsible yeah. exactly you know pranking in a responsible way that's that's good that's yeah. good i'm glad for that I'm glad for the patients, you know. Yeah. It's like they 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 don't ha- they don't deserve to deal with that nonsense. Oh yeah, we never around a patient. That's okay. that's just bad. Care. Those pranks are pretty those are pretty gentle compared to the pranks you see happen in like a mechanic shop type setting. <laughs> oh yeah. Those can get pretty bad. So, are you guys familiar with what anti-seize is? Yeah, yeah. Right. You put it on bolts so that way if you you put the bolt in and then someday you want to take that bolt out. So you, you put an- you put anti seize on it so it doesn't seize up and then you can just easily pour right back out. Precisely, it's a yeah. it's a paste comes in a big tube and it's very it's full of uh, either aluminum metal or copper metal. So it's full of like right. metal dust. It's very opaque and it's very messy. And like the joke with anti seize is if you get a drop on your hands, it'll be like all over the entire oh. building in about four uh, minutes. Yeah. Uh-huh. It just it right. tracks everywhere. Right. So what you do. So when you got a, you know, you got your buddy and you're in your mechanic shop setting and they have their toolbox, you know, so so the mechanics toolboxes, they have the, uh, they have the little latches where you put your fingers and it's kind of, you reach your fingers up in there. So you take some anti-seize, apply a copious amount underneath those (laughs) everywhere, everywhere. So as soon as someone grabs the drawer, it's all over their hands and then they have to wipe it off. And it's, that's kind of a mean one. Like that's pretty permanent. (laughs) A lot of it just kind of doesn't come off. Yeah. Uh, another great one. We we would always do this in college, which you know we were all kind of like, we were kind of screwing off most of the time. But we were trying to learn. It's college. Yeah. We were getting paid. We were paying to be there, so we didn't really care. We would pull all kinds of pranks. Um, I'll really scrape the surface with the college pranks, is because it could go for like an entire episode. Yeah. But what we would do is we had a. There are these tools you use when you're machining. They're called mag bases, and they're a they're a very incredibly strong magnet. And they stick to a flat surface, and then they hold, like, an indicator. So you can indicate your carriage and, like, see how much you're moving really precisely. Okay. And usually have a few different sizes of mag base. Some of them have, like, a switch, and they click the magnet on and off. So what you would do is you'd take your buddy's mag bases, and you'd throw them in a big pile of steel chips. Oh. Like, the strongest magnet you can imagine, like a a neodymium magnet in a pile of steel chips. Oh, no. And they don't come off. I mean, you can get chunks chunks of them off, but they're not all of it ever comes off yeah. does that make it like useless or what's the no it's just an really annoying to clean <laughs> oh, okay. and you, you got to make sure that like you find like really long stringy steel chips so you stick the mag base in there and it's like it's pulling off like 12 inches of chips <laughs> right and then right, you put right. it back in their toolbox <laughs> so you find like a metal lathe in the area and throw mm-hmm. it yeah all the shavings from the lathe yep or when everyone's sweeping you just yeah. Oh no, that's horrible. No, it was brutal. That was that was a pretty rough one cuz that that's annoying to try to clean. We would also um I'll I'll, I'll give you guys a, f- a couple more. I'll, yeah. I'll keep it brief cuz I could go on forever. No, I I'm I'm curious to hear. Do one more and then I've got I've got one. 
this one is at a previous job that I worked at. I had a coworker who um really respect the guy. He was a great guy to work with, but he was very super clean freak. Like too much like weirdly clean freak and he worked in a he worked on chainsaws okay so it's like they're dirty but he was a clean freak all of his tools had to be like wiped down at the end of the day put away in a certain manner like with the labels out very ocd kind of guy yeah so what i would do is there um, sometimes you have to like grease a needle bearing so you like you take a screwdriver and you put some grease on you wipe it on this needle bearing and you put it on the engine and then you wipe the grease off the screwdriver but one time i forgot to wipe the grease off the screwdriver and it was one of mark's and I kind of set it back. So there's all this, you know, uh, grease on the screwdriver. He's like, he's like, Ryan, clean your tools when you're done. He kind of got, got all upset with yeah. me about it, even though I was, you know, I'm trying to get some stuff done, trying to work, you know, trying to make the company some money. So, you know, things just slide sometimes. So after that happened, um, he was, he was, he was doing something on a lunch break or something. And almost all of his screwdrivers I coated in grease. and put. Oh, them no. Them. Oh, my uh, God. A good percentage of them. He thought he wasn't pretty. He wasn't very impressed. Yeah, <laughs> he's he doesn't seem like the kind of guy that would take very kindly to that. He, like even if it was a prank, it seems like he yeah. He was all he, as soon as I cleaned him, he kind of forgot about it. Oh, okay. <laughs> he was like very funny, you know. Okay, so you did you did go back and clean them? Oh before. yeah. Oh, okay. oh yeah. Oh. I just had to, I just had to drive the point home that they're <laughs> they're screwdrivers. They're for yeah. they're to use as tools. Um, okay, one more. You wait, guys... wait, wait! Before you before you get to that, the the one with the anics kind of reminded me of another prank. Yep. So if you ever go out bird watching or you you take an astronomy class and you've got a telescope, the trick is to go buy some black lipstick, and Ooh. and you know the little eye cup that you put your eye up to. <laughs> <laughs> Throw some black lipstick oh on there, goodness. and then you you know you tri- oh that's funny whoever whoever the poor sap is you get them to go look through the binoculars or the eyepiece, and then they'll go around the rest of the day with a black eye, and they'll have no idea. Oh that's God. brutal, and yeah. it's probably just far enough outside of where you can see. Oh yeah, sometimes you can see like a little speck of something on your right. But right. you get yeah, that's that's a good one. That's a the. the, the the next time you need to use binoculars or something, and if you got, if they're yours, we'll, I'll be very gonna wipe the well, yeah. right, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, one your more. last one, yeah. So you know the hole punchers, you yeah, know, like the big ones that they punch three holes in a piece of paper and they collect all the little punches, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you know, once in a while you empty and there's like a hundred little paper, a thousand. Yeah. yeah, they just go and go. So what you do is you you find one of your favorite coworkers. They have to really be someone who's important to you. They're, you know, a dear friend, a very close dear friend. And you have to make sure that they don't lock their car on their lunch or when they're, oh. or when you're on your lunch, you take those hole punches and you put them in their air conditioning vents. Oh, no. oh my gosh. That's <laughs> or horrible. like glitter or something like that. Oh, that would be even worse. That'd be even worse. That would be but the hole punches are a good one. Um, yeah. Grease, <laughs> grease in the door handles. That's a good one. Uh-huh. Yeah. Take a big, uh-huh. huge zip tie and put it on their, on their rear axle. Yeah, tick, like tick, and tick, let the tick, tail tick, hang tick, off. Tick, tick, tick. So when they drive away, they think they're something's about to explode on their vehicle. Tick 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 tick. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, those are good examples. Devious. I know. Here's a simple prank. You take the toilet paper. You got you know you got a roll of toilet paper. Okay, mm-hmm. you take if it's two ply, assuming it's two ply, you pull them apart and you take the the top half and wrap it around the roll. And That's you, like, sadistic. fold it underneath, right? Yeah, yeah. So, essentially, it becomes, like, uneven. 
Right. And then the whoever uses the toilet next will have to be dealing with this uneven toilet paper <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> they're trying to peel it off and it's splitting. And yeah, like, what yeah, is going exactly. on? Exactly. Minor well, inconvenience. Right. I, I think if you are... At least that's pretty harmless. Like. Oh, yeah. That's not too bad. That's not too bad. And usually you can figure it out pretty quick and fix it. But, yeah. you know, that's, that's a good prank. That's a good prank. We do a little trolling. Trolling. We do a little trolling. Yeah, we're yeah. trolls in we're trolls in this house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> pranks. Any any other good pranks? That's um. Oh man. Do you, do you okay? Do you want to hear another good one? Yeah, of course. Okay. We had this gentleman that we went to college with. His name was Nick. Nick's a good guy. Nick's a good friend of mine. Um, and but we all kind of we picked on on him a little bit, and he kind of he was receptive to it. You know, he would let us know that he appreciated it. Right. It, see, those those are the best kind of guys because you can you can tease them and they take it and yeah. yeah. But the way that he took it really enticed more and more pranks. Oh. So they really okay. just continued to just keep happening and happening. Gotcha. So what we he really Nick really doesn't like mustard. That was okay. something we learned about him at one point. Okay. And he had this um, this like water jug thing that he always carried around. Oh my god! Oh. Really sacred to him. It was this like water jug that like he loved. It was all like worn off, just like his favorite water jug. So what we did at one point is we took. He was doing something. We took the straw out. We took a mustard packet. We cut the mustard packet. We put the straw, the end of the straw, in the mustard packet, submerged it back in his water, oh, no. and somehow. Like this was, we were in the classroom. He was outside. There was only a few of us that kind of knew this happened, and then everyone files in. And then you know he sits down and he just gets this feeling. He was like, and he checks his water. He somehow knew what he didn't drink it, and no one told him. I, I still can't explain that. He just like had this feeling. Wow. What Unless someone told him and and no one fessed up to it because I was like, hey, who told him? Like we we have a problem here. This is supposed to be a good prank. Like you ruined my prank and I'm mad. And I don't. No one ever fessed up to it. He just. He was just like, got this. Got this. Like irk. He checked his water bottle. And there was a mustard packet. Oh, wow. and he was very Sheesh. upset. And he immediately blamed me. And it was. Much, <laughs> it was pretty much me what? that did it. But. <laughs> okay. Wait. I've got another prank. I don't even know if this is really a prank. I think that this is just kind of assault. But good. Those uh, are the best. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when I was in middle school. Um, I was uh, on the wrestling team, and somebody was warming up before their match. Okay, and there was another guy. What does a warm up entail? Like just stretching and y- yeah, you're like stretching out. You're like bouncing up and down, just trying to get warm. You're you know like you don't want to go out onto the mat like cold, cold basically. I get you. Like you got to get your muscles limber and like ready to go, and you want to have a-, a little bit of a sweat going. You know. Okay. Um, get your heart pumping, and you're ready to go. Your your brains functioning and your heart's pumping and your muscles are just stretched and happy primed and ready exactly so there's a guy uh he's out there you know getting ready he's bouncing around like getting his heart racing all that um and his friend is uh hanging out kind of next to him and the whole time he's got this coke can okay Oh, yeah. Yeah, so normal, you know, you got a Coke can. Oh, yeah. Have a little soda. Uh, And then the buddy is like, hey, can I have some of your Coke? And the guy's like, yeah, of course. (laughs) Devious laughter ensues. Although, you know, he's he's keeping it under control. I know where this is going. He hands him the Coke can, and the guy 
drinks from it and immediately starts gagging because it wasn't coke it was spit and loogies horrible like like tobacco spit no 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 just regular spit but Ew, lo- why would he do that oh I- is he trying to cut weight no no he was just trolling oh. he was just being a terrible friend have you guys ever done that where i you- tried to warn him but it was far too late who would even? That's not even funny. Well, that's, I know that's, that's like horrible. That is, I see what <laughs> you mean disgusting. when you're like that's straight up assault. I, I don't even know if it's really a prank. It's just kind of like a horrible thing to do to someone. How could you? How could he predict that he knew that he was gonna ask for a drink? Uh, I, that's I, pretty I, interesting. I, I don't know. That's a good question. That's interesting. That's a good question. That's Maybe he may terrible. have. He may have offered it to him. I don't know. This was middle school, so it was like ten years ago, but. That's a, that's a middle school tomfoolery right there. Yeah, yeah. Well, isn't that a trip? Middle school was ten years ago. Yeah. What I do? That's funny that you say that. Um, recently, I've been listening to a lot of. Um, for some reason, the year twenty twelve was really awesome for me. Really, even though it was supposed to be the end of the world. Yeah, the summer of twenty twelve was like, I had it was like life was really really good. Life right was on. life was decent. It was before life got weird. Okay. And um, so I've been listening to like a lot of these like. I'm listening to like songs that are were on the radio in 2012, like all these pop songs, because I just like it brings me back. Oh yeah, and it's like that was pretty much 10 years ago. What was yeah, wow. what was on the radio back then? Oh gosh, there um, a like, cu- couple la- examples like Lady Gaga type stuff. Yeah, like California um, California Love. No, not that. Bum, like a uh, broken <laughs> broken hearted by Carmen. That was a pretty cool one. Oh, okay. There's like like Payphone was a was a popular yeah. song back oh then. My gosh. Yeah. Um, we are never getting back together. Wee-hee. Uh, yeah. It's just like I'm like, hmm, this is not what I would listen to, but this brings me back. Yeah. Right some, some, some background noise. <laughs> Yeah, so I that was to, almost ten years ago. That's kind of crazy. When I was in middle school and early high school, I would always listen to one hundred seven three Cool FM. That's what I yeah. listened to. Yeah. That was the radio station that at the time. Right, and that's what I blame on me having a Canadian accent. Although it doesn't make any sense because it was like Ryan Seacrest who hosted it. Yeah, because it was I don't know how that worked. Was they right. were pulling off L.A. I guess I don't know. I think I that's how know. they do that. Yeah. Um I think you're right. But uh it was a Victoria station. Victoria BC on Vancouver Island. Oh man. <laughs> pop music is pop music is like it's really interesting to me because it's a lot of times like you know that the singer of that song didn't actually write it. Oh, they never do, do they? Yeah. I'm sure I there's mean, a percentage that do. But it's like someone some engine some like music engineer wrote the song that they knew was going to sell. Right, yeah. and they yeah. formulate it in a certain way that was going to sell, and like they wrote it in a certain way for this person to sing. I always just found that interesting. Well, isn't there like one person that's written like almost all? Yeah, I've heard of that pop yeah. music. I've heard of that. It's it's like crazy. I don't I don't know. Also, there's this. That's why it all sounds the same. Well, exactly. Yep. That's true. There, there's also a really interesting uh, thing where you know how country music sucks today. In my opinion, yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, I'm not. I'm just going to go out and say that most country music is not the same as it used to be. Yeah. Okay, so there was one songwriter who passed away, like, within the past 10 years or so, uh, maybe a little bit longer than that, Um, and he wrote, like, a majority of the classic country songs that you know. Really? Yeah. Like, you know, all those really incredible... 
like he stopped loving her today. You know that song? Sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah, like that's like that's a classic song. So the if you don't know, the lead up to that song is it sounds like throughout the whole song it's like, Oh, he stopped loving her because, you know, they went through a divorce or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um and then at the end of the song you find out that the reason he actually stopped loving her was because he passed away. And so this whole time, like even through their breakup and all that stuff, he still continued to love her until he died. And oh my gosh, that song Ouch. is brutal. Um, and so he wrote like a ton of incredibly heart wrenching country songs like that. They were performed by different artists. Yeah. 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 Strange. Um, and then eventually he passed away. And you don't have that anymore. Mm. You know, there isn't that kind of like heartache and uh, like, I don't know. Because it seems like most country artists, you would think that they would write their own material. You would think. Because like some like 22 year old like pop star. Just well, like, like you would think, okay, like maybe she didn't or like maybe he or she didn't write their own music. Like, like maybe someone wrote this for them. But you would right. think with most country stars that that's kind of like one of the things of countries is so genuine. Right, used you would to be. Think so. It used to be, <laughs> yeah. 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 But it, it's, I mean, a lot of people have songs written for them, and they, I think, I think there's also a thing where maybe a country artist will write a song, and then they'll be like, you know, I'm just not the right person to perform this, so they'll give it to somebody else, and then somebody else will perform it. But yeah. Anyway, that that's just some currency is exchanged. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I would, I would assume. I'm sure. Yeah, the music industry is weird. Yeah, it is. It's really crazy to think about. It is. Um, like any anything any any way that they can sell art on that large of a scale and like keep people coming back like to keep buying music and listening to it from the same artist is really interesting. Right, you got to do a lot of like advertisement and like Very Yeah, it's really weird. Well calculated marketing and Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, it's guys. Strange. Halloween is coming up. Did you know that? Oh my god! Yeah. Halloween is don't even. Up. You guys, in uh, <laughs> stop, stop. It's not even September yet, and you guys are already talking about Halloween. You're over driving more me than nuts. two months, it'll be here. You're driving me nuts. more than a little over two months. Oh yeah, yeah. <sighs> Best time of the year. Halloween, it really is. Halloween doesn't happen until the end of October. Don't forget. Well, yeah. Anyways, um, more on Halloween. Would you just call me? Sorry, I had what? to. What? More on Halloween and he spookiness. Said oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's so mean. Don't talk about morons that way. And, yeah, don't uh, talk about me that way. <laughs> spookiness and some para- paranormal stuff coming up uh, right after the break. We are looking at about the halfway mark, so we're going to take five, and uh, we'll be right back. And we're, we're back. back. We're back. <coughs> Welcome back, everyone. We're going to talk about some spooky scary Upstairs podcast. Resumed. Oh, yeah. Uh, now that we're about halfway through, it's probably a good time to give ourselves a shout out. Oh, yeah. Uh, you can listen to us if you want to on impairedupstairs.com. You can find us on Google Podcasts, Apple YouTube. Music, or Apple, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, uh, Spotify. YouTube with video. Woohoo. Yeah. Audible. Audible. We are on Audible now. Yeah. It it carries yes. over from Amazon. That's right. Um 
Yeah, check out our Instagram. Impaired Upstairs. Check. At Impaired Upstairs. That's our Instagram. Yep. Twitter is at Impaired Up STRS. And Snapchat. Uh, at Impaired Up STRS. This is the same as the Twitter. There's yeah. a, there's a, a character cap on Twitter and on Snapchat. What do you do? They don't tell you that. Uh, Them guys. You know, it must be in the fine print. But there's a character cap. You can also message us on any of those platforms or you can go to our our uh, website impairedupstairs.com uh we have a contact us page if you follow that format that we have all laid out for you super simple uh we'll get an email and we'll respond you yeah. can also email us directly at info at impairedupstairs.com that's that's, that's right. our email uh, send us an email can we make it any easier it's really easy to reach us. If you if you want to be on the podcast, if you have any topic suggestions, if you're just enjoying and you want to give us some feedback, do it. We've gotten feedback. Yeah. Thanks. We have, yes. Thanks to the listeners. We appreciate your feedback. Um, g- give us some more. We're listening and adapting and overcoming. And yeah. improvising. And improvising. Yeah. From time to time. Every once in a while, you got to do what you got to do. Anyway, so back before to before we get into paranormal activity, oh. something I just thought about. Yes. Uh, okay. So there's like little things that we do that could be considered rude when you're talking to someone, and I just want to talk about that very briefly here. Okay. Yes. So uh, I just used a single finger and pointed at Ryan. That could be considered rude. It can. But if you take more than one finger. And you use that, that's not considered as rude. Really? Because pointing is like, you know, if you have like a kid around you and they point at someone, you're like, hey, don't point. Right. right. So uh, I have heard that at Disneyland, the employees will never point with a single finger. It's always like this, this, you know, whatever, but never with a single finger because that could be considered rude. Oh, that's so interesting. An open hand is, for whatever reason, a lot like, hey, Cody. Yes. That's a lot, yeah, an open hand is a lot less, that's interesting. Maybe it's less forceful? Maybe. Do you guys know It's like a subliminal thing. Right. So I've been, like, trying to retrain my subconscious to not point. And if I catch myself pointing, I'll just redo the motion without pointing. Oh, that's good, yeah, to retrain yourself. Yeah. Do you guys know about the secret tunnels under Disneyland? I've heard of the secret tunnels. <gasps> yeah. I haven't. Oh, really? So there's like know about the, this. There's like the Disneyland secret police, and they like, well, if there's things happening in Disneyland, apparently they like come in, they break it up, and they pull you into the secret tunnel and deal with it because it's the happiest place on earth. And Can't they, we have any confrontations no, above exactly. ground? Yeah, Although there are some really take cra- down to the gulag, there's some really crazy videos of like stuff going down in Disneyland, and it's always really fun. Yeah, the mouse would be damned to let anything break up the happiest place on earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got that right. The mouse knows all. Don't mess with the mouse. Some people go down to the tunnels, never come out. <laughs> yeah. Got that right. Uh, I, that reminds me of like the Paris catacombs. Have you guys heard about that? Yeah, underneath, mm. underneath Paris, France. I'm sure it looks exactly the same. Yeah, well. like skeletons inside. everywhere. Yeah. Isn't isn't there like a movie about that? Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched it with my sister as years above, ago. so below. Yes, uh-huh. very spooky. I don't remember the plot, but it was very spooky. Yeah. There's also speaking of as above, so below. 
what there's a there's another movie ooh isn't it called mm, i don't remember what it's called but uh i thought it was called as above so below maybe it's different um but it's about this like creepy family uh that lives in a an apartment like below this other family and the we're, we're moving into paranormal stuff oh we watched i watched it on my way back from poland or something i was on a long flight oh um anyway so like both families at the same time are trying to have a baby and then they both have a baby around the same time and somehow the the family that's living below uh, the baby dies somehow. Like oh, there's some sort of accident, or or uh, the baby has a condition and ends up passing away. And then uh, I'm not gonna give any spoilers, but it gets like super creepy after that. Super creepy. Sheesh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's wild. It it like shook me. I just watched Shooketh. a um, horror movie. It was called The Color Out of Space. Ooh, what's that about? That is an adaptation of H.P. Lovecraft's uh, story, The Color Out of Space. Same name. Uh, it's with Nicolas Cage. It Was, was it terrible? It was pretty bad. Yeah, I've heard Nicolas Cage is making a lot of movies lately, and they're all pretty terrible. It was really... It's probably got a lot of money, though. Yeah, exactly. Pardon my French. But it was a bastardization of H.P. Lovecraft's work. Oh, that's so sad. I'm a big fan of the uh, uh, creative mind of of H.P. Lovecraft. Yeah, he did a he like created a whole world of uh, like aliens. He, and I mean, he he uh, paved the path for like existential uh, alien horror. Right. Yeah. So, something like the movie Alien is definitely has inspiration from H.P. Lovecraft. Uh, Cthulhu, the whole Cthulhu mythos is from Lovecraft. In really? Case. Yeah. Yeah. Did, didn't know that. I figured that was an ancient. No, no. Type myth. He. Nineteen uh, twenties. Yeah. Ish. Wow. That that era when he started writing. Yep, he wrote a story called The Call of Cthulhu. And it's spooky. All of his yeah. stories are spooky. And he he really kind of revolutionized the idea that you don't necessarily have to like see the the villain. You know, you don't have to see the thing that's yeah. scary. Yeah. Sometimes just letting the the reader's mind um make up the scary thing can be scarier than showing them, you know. Totally. Yep. So the color out of space uh, the Mountains of Madness, uh, the the Alchemist. I really like the one about the cats. What's yeah, that? I can't remember what that's called. Uh, I I can't remember the name of it either, but that's kind of one with like a bittersweet ending. Right. Yeah. It's like creepy in its own way, but uh, like the it, it's a short one and it's a good one. Right. It it's kind of one of those horror stories where you're like, well, they got what they deserved. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. But uh, you know, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah. So H.P. Lovecraft, uh, the Necronomicon is 
Lovecraft. Gotcha. Th- yeah, that's like his uh, compendium of scary stories. Right. So that's a good horror film. What are some other scary movies that you have to have well, seen? Well, you know, Scary Movie 1, Scary Movie 2. Oh, okay. Scary horror the movies. finest of, of uh, horror cinema. Yeah. Um, Do you guys know Beetlejuice? Oh, yeah. E- that movie's really cool. I haven't watched the movie. Okay, so you guys think that I'm talking about the movie Beetlejuice, but I'm actually talking about the Howard Stern character Beetlejuice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm Who, familiar I with mean, both. He's a, He is, like, a legit person, um, but he also, like, kind of became a character on the Howard Stern show. It's really interesting. I f- I'm so, like, I'm so split over how I feel about that. It's a little, may it's, I say, unethical. Yeah, it's kind of exploitative in a totally. way. Totally, yes. Yeah, I, I feel kind of, I don't know, it's it's weird. I'm not following. Uh, okay, so for those, the- for those that don't know, Howard Stern has a cast of characters called the Whack Pack. Um, and essentially, it's just a group of people... A lot of them are like disabled in some sort of way. Yeah. Oh, okay. And most of the show kind of revolves around him just making fun of them. And it's kind of terrible. Wow. Like I don't understand how it, it just shows you how far we've come <laughs> in the past 20 years or so yeah. because like it's br- like he's brutally making fun of some of these people. Um I don't know, it's weird. It's weird. Okay, and back to horror. Have you watched anything recently at all? What's your favorite horror film? Oh, man. I was going to make a comment on, on what Brady was saying about um how H.P. Lovecraft would not... He wouldn't entail the details of the, like, antagonists or the... Yeah. Right, the, yeah. The, um, the enemies or the... Like the attackers, right? I guess I haven't really read any H.P. Lovecraft to be honest. But yeah, it's basically like whatever the, uh, you know how in a lot of horror films, it, he'll he will literally describe something as an undescribable horror. Right, oh, yeah. right. It's like he, the monster essentially he doesn't describe, so it's just up for your brain and your mind to figure out what this monster looks like. So have you guys seen the movie? I think it was released around like 2010. Uh, it's called Insidious. No. Insidious. I remember when it came out though, yeah. Yeah, it was this like, ah, big spooky movie. Um, I remember watching it uh, like kind of right when it came out. And like the entire first half of the movie, near the end of the movie, they show the like the creature. Mm-hmm. And it's they do a pretty good job of like portraying this terrifying looking thing. There's a very famous scene in that movie where they're talking and then like behind this dude in the window is this creature and it's like it's like roaring at them and it's this like spooky scene and it's like the big jump scare in the movie and that's when they actually reveal what this what this creature looks like and and up until then they only give you like hints <laughs> and a lot of people were like oh well it kind of ruins it once you actually see it. Yeah. Cuz you it's like okay it's spooky looking but now we know what it looks like. Yep. The ritual. Yeah, we were just talking about that movie, The, the Ritual. ritual. Yeah. Um, which is it's kind of the same thing where like there's this monster that uh you like hear throughout the movie and you see all the symbols and everything of the the uh there's like a cool Well, hold on. <laughs> we <laughs> we don't want to spoil everything here. Uh but 
it's been out for long enough. <laughs> you you see the monster in the end, and it is um, you know, it just immediately immediately makes it not as scary. Oh man, yeah. And I think part of that is also because CGI isn't as good as <sighs> horror filmmakers would like it to be. I know. Right. So that's a whole other thing that um like practical effects a lot of the time work out a lot better. A lot more genuine. Yeah. It's just way way creepier to have practical effects and a lot of those movies that were made with practical effects that are older than the ones that are made with CGI, they turn out a lot better. Yeah, they yeah. stand the test of time. Right. Like Lord of the Rings, I mean, that movie the, the series of movies still look incredible mm-hmm. to this day. Yeah. And and they were all made, I mean, primarily with practical effects. And then you've got some, like, huge battle scenes where there's, like, armies and armies. You know, yeah. there's, like, tons and tons of people. And I think those were made probably with, pra- with CGI. Right, yep. Yeah. But, but those fine details, like, you can't... It's imperceptible. Yeah. Um, so, like... Yeah, I think a lot of the times uh, film studios need to rely a little bit more on, on practical practicals. Effects. And then with the CGI especially, I mean, you're showing the monster here. Uh, <laughs> it needs to look good, yeah. and it needs to be scary. And we are not at a point where a CGI monster is going to cut it. I kind of agree. Yeah. I kind of agree, especially with the budget of uh, like horror films. Like they're always lower budget than uh, like Disney, right? Mm-hmm. They're not going to be able to get CGI uh, Carrie well, Fisher <laughs> into a film, <laughs> right? But what about like The Conjuring? Because wasn't there another Conjuring film that came out recently? I haven't watched it. I haven't watched it. But like, I feel like that maybe has enough budget to actually make. A, a creepy villain look r- really good with CGI, but maybe yeah. I don't know. A lot of viewers know too that CGI is kind of sometimes the easy way out. Right. Yeah. 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 There's a really interesting concept of like sometimes um, the like you're you have limitations for how much you can do. And those limitations will end up actually making the film better than if you didn't have those limitations. So, like, finding a way around those limitations leads to creative, uh, just, like, creative thoughts that make it better. Just because you you don't have the, the... The entire world's your oyster, so you're like, well, oh, I can do whatever I want. But when you have limitations, you have to find ways to make things work, and you have to think harder about those things. And so you end up coming up with stuff that is actually super spooky. Yeah. Um, I mean, even even like like Kubrick stuff, like mm-hmm. old Stanley Kubrick stuff. It's creepy and weird, and it comes out looking incredibly good, and it still stands the test of time. Yeah, yeah. Like, you can watch a Kubrick film today, and it's still really worth watching. So, I don't know. Yeah. Totally. Are you guys familiar with the director, Ed Wood? Mm-mm. No. What, what's some of his work? Uh, he, uh, so, um, he was a director, like, in the probably 50s, 60s, and he directed with, like, no budget these 
notoriously bad movies. Like they were hor- like I think Plan Nine from Outer Space was a really, really popular one of his, and they're they're really low budget. Like they're very cheesy. You can see the wires that are holding up like UFOs. <laughs> the oh, UFOs no. are just like dangling around. There's no there's no really attempt made, and they have like they have a cult following because they're so genuine and like you know that he was working with what he had. Yeah. And for some reason, it's just like, but they like the actors still do a good job, and like there's still passion put into it. So it's not like the room. It's it's similar to the room where people love it because it's so bad. Oh, okay. okay. It's actually very similar to the room concept. But yeah, so Tom, Tommy, uh, Tommy Wiseau, Wiseau, yeah, yeah. So I don't know if you guys. Have oh, seen, hi, Mark. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have seen the room. Well, clearly, Ryan has. Cody, I have love you, the room. Have you seen the room? I've watched enough clips to know. The room is such. A yeah, essentially, it's the the best worst film ever made. Essentially. It's like so bizarre and out there and terrible that somehow it's it just puts a big smile on your face. Right, it's kind of charming. Yep, very very charming. And the whole character of Tommy Wiseau, like he's so, uh, he's so bizarre and out there and like mysterious too that it there's an intrigue around the movie. You know, it makes you wonder like who invested in this movie to be made like (laughs) like whose idea was this well apparently he like funded it himself because he somehow came about came upon a bunch of money but nobody really knows how and nobody can figure out like what his accent is because he has a weird accent yeah it's like where is he actually from and what is so like nobody really knows anything about him um Hmm. yeah it's the Tommy lore goes deep. Oh yeah, it does. <laughs> well, uh, I also wanted to point out that horror doesn't have to have a monster uh, per se. For instance, to me, The Lobster is a scary movie. Oh my gosh, The Lobster <laughs> is like. I haven't oh, seen that one. What's that oh one about? Oh my gosh, it's a foreign film. About like French film, I think. Yeah, yeah. It, they have to like find love within a certain amount of time, and so they go. If they don't find love, then they go to a uh, a like rehab facility, a love rehab facility, and they have to find someone there. And if they don't, then they get turned into an animal. And they get to choose the animal that they turn into. So they're like, they're like, oh, some people want to turn into a wolf. Like I think a, right. a lot of people throughout the movie turn into a wolf or a, a dog. dog, a, a dog. dog, yeah. Um, and so there's like throughout the film, there's a lot of there's like a pack of wild dogs that's running around. Yeah. Um, and it, it appears that all of those people, like all, all of those dogs, are people that failed at finding love and. Um, they get turned into dogs. Yeah, yeah. It's a really weird mind bender, uh, really kind of creepy, creepy film. So that one, uh, Black Mirror, is another one where there doesn't have to be a monster for it to be scary. Right, <laughs> like but existentialism. Right. So in those films, the monster is kind of like society. Yeah. It's like it's like the monster is what the world has become at that point you right. know yeah so it's kind of that that's another yeah yeah i, I want to watch the lobster now that sounds interesting <laughs> oh, oh my man. gosh i don't know 
it's hard to watch. Especially, like, the longer it goes, the more and more you're like, oh, no, don't, no, no. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I may not be ready for it. You were talking about uh, Wait, something called, go ahead. Sorry, before yeah. we get into this, I want to talk about uh, Dogtooth. What is that one? Um, that's a Greek film, I believe. Uh, I can't remember exactly it's like canadontis or something like that because of dog tooth yeah um and it's about the this family um and the parents are kind of like fundamentalist um i don't i don't know if they're maybe christians i can't remember exactly um but essentially they're like trying to keep their children uh like safe from the outside world and so they uh don't ever let them leave the family compound and they say okay when your dog tooth uh falls out which is like your canine teeth oh yeah um then you can leave um but by this time they have their grown-up teeth oh so they can basically they can never leave um and they bring in a maid, I believe, or something like that, uh, to try just because they got to, you know, keep up with stuff. And the maid kind of sees what's going on mm -hmm. and they end up. Uh, I don't I don't want to give too much away, but the maid kind of like throws a wrench in the parents plans. And um, it, yeah, it's crazy. Starts tearing out teeth. No, no, not exactly. <laughs> I guess. But, uh, yeah, so, through like, throughout that movie, you can, the the parents, like, tell the their children who are, I, I, I don't know if I said, but probably, like, in their late 20s or something like mm -hmm. that by now, um, like, the wrong names of certain kinds of things, oh, okay. because, like, it could potentially pose a threat to their uh, compound, basically, oh. and they're, like, like the kids have never seen a cat before and so the then a cat comes and the parents are like that's a monster like you have mm. to like be afraid of the cat and like you can't you can't go yeah. follow it it's gonna like hurt you um so yeah just like weird stuff like that weird yeah yeah it's it's creepy. Speaking of weird and creepy stories, Ryan, you were talking about something. Yes, yes. Okay, so with, with Halloween approaching, I've been getting kind of like, you know, remotely approaching. I feel yeah. like it's approaching. I feel like it's going to be tomorrow. Yeah. Um, I've been getting into like some, some spooky stuff just like on my off time or like stuff to listen to while I'm working. And uh, we were talking about this a little bit before the podcast, but the missing 411 cases. Ooh. Yes. Yeah. So it's these, uh, it's this compiled list of these missing persons cases that don't have that haven't been solved or they have been solved but there's no logical explanation of how the person was found or like where they could have gone or what could have taken them or where they went yeah um like usually huge lacks of evidence um like strange like moving enormous amounts of distance in a in a way that would be like quicker than a human to physically move yeah. And then they're found somewhere else in, in a way that doesn't make sense. Um, there's a there's a channel on YouTube. The guy's name is Mr. Ballin, and he uh, he makes very, very cool, like, storytelling videos about these stories. So I had some on my phone I'm going to pull up because 
uh, they're very interesting. I'm going to read a few a few of the, the hot ones. Yeah. Well, you're pulling that up. Have you guys heard of Jim Can't Swim? Mm-mm. What's okay. that? It, it's JCS Criminal Psychology or something like that. And it's basically a bunch of... Um, a bunch of police interviews. I have seen that. Yes, yeah. that's a cool channel. Yeah, yeah. It's a bunch of police interviews with like the most the craziest criminals you can think of. Like mm. I think they have one with uh Casey uh mm, what's her name? The one mm, basically everyone agrees that she killed their daughter. Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah, I can't remember Casey, okay. whatever her last know. name is. Um, a whole bunch of a whole bunch of just police interviews and people like totally lying to the police, and then you can. It's weird because you can see where, like, they're filmed the whole time, and the cops will go in and talk to them, and their demeanor while the cops are in there is completely different than the demeanor mm-hmm. when the cops are gone. And oh, it, wow. it's just a whole bunch of, like, criminal psychology stuff. What was this called again? Uh, Jim Can't Swim. It's it's JCS Criminal Psychology is the actual uh, YouTube channel. Um, mm. But, dude, if you look it up, it, expect to go on a crazy... Just expect to watch all of them. Like, expect okay. to watch hours and hours and hours. Um, and most of it is just straight up like, here is the, here's the footage. And every once in a while they'll do like, well, here you can see that this is why they were acting this way. And, um, yeah, but it's wild. Okay. Um, I love things that are like rabbit holes because especially when you can like listen to them while you're doing other things and just like totally envelop your mind in these interesting concepts and, yeah. and like really thought provoking stuff. And um, like, I just love that stuff. Also things that are unexplainable. That's like a huge common occurrence for people to love because like you can't explain it. It's so thought provoking and just lets your, lets your mind wander with, with what could have happened. So I'll read you a few of these missing 411 cases. These are off of a top tens website, kind of listing a few of the, the most famous ones. So a pretty popular one is the story of Bobby buys up. In 1958, a 10-year-old partially deaf boy named Bobby Bizup was attending a Catholic camp for boys called Camp St. Mallow that sits on the border of the, Rocky, of the Rocky Mountain National Park. A camp counselor found him fishing at the river and told him to come back to the camp for dinner. The boy started to follow him, and when the counselor glanced over his shoulder to double-check, minutes later, Bobby disappeared. 400 people searched for nine days. 400 people. Wow. It's a big search. So I'm assuming that that's like not only police, but members of the community and members of the camp and and all this stuff. And they found no clues. One year later, counselors found his hearing aid and bits of torn clothing 2,000 feet up the side of a mountain. 2,000 feet in elevation is a lot. Yeah. Yeah. For a young young boy. It's Mm -hmm. like almost half a mile. The search party had searched that area at least three times the year before. No other remains have been found. So like what 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 could have happened? Why would he have? Anyway, y- there's there's so many of these stories is the weird thing. There's like hundreds and hundreds, yeah. and they're all compiled by um uh, a certain guy, the David Politis, who's been putting these together. Um, just spooky stuff. So another good one is Bessie and Glenn Hyde. 
1928, a newly married couple named Bestie and Glenn Hyde wanted to take a boat down the Colorado River, which runs through the Grand Canyon National Park. The river was hundreds of miles long, and it would take several days to make the journey. Glenn had been preparing for their honeymoon for, the, for a long time, so this must have been a honeymoon trip. He built his hmm. own 20-foot boat that was very safe and well put together. He wanted to win prize money for a new speed record to travel down the Colorado River, and if they did succeed, Bessie would be... She would go on record to be the first woman to ever make that trip. During their journey, they would stop to hike some of the trails. They met a photographer named Emerald Kolb, who took pictures of them and later gave the photos to the police as evidence. When they never arrived at their destination, Glenn's father became very worried. He asked the park rangers to send an airplane over the river, and they did find the couple's boat. It was floating upright, with no sign of it ever being overturned. Everything inside was dry, and all their supplies were still in the boat as well. But the couple was nowhere to be seen. The story of Bessie and Glenn Hyde has been retold so many times. It's become sort of a legend in the area, uh, like stories of Bessie's ghost being spotted standing on the river. Um, you know, theories go all over the place Ooh, with that. Yeah. In 1971, an elderly woman claimed that she witnessed Glenn abusing Bessie, and Bessie stabbed him and ran away. This woman later recanted her story, saying she made it up for attention. <laughs> a few years later, the un unidentified body of a man in his 20s was found buried near the cabin of the photographer that took the pictures of them. The man had a bullet in his skull. It was determined that this was not the body of Glenn, but it was, but it has still led some people to believe that since Kolb was one of the last people to see them alive, he could have murdered them. And mm. this has never been solved. They never found either of them. Wow. Whoa. Over all those years. Um, creepy. Very creepy. Yes. And there was one more. Oh, yes. Here's a super spooky one. This one is uh, Dennis Martin. Uh, it was Father's Day weekend, 1969. Six-year-old Dennis Martin was at Smoky Mountains National Park. The National Park thing is a big common occurrence of these. That kind of makes sense because it's like a huge tract of land. Uncharted. And, yeah. Right. So it for it's that's probably the reason, but this is a big pattern. Another weird pattern is a lot of these people that go missing are of German descent. Really? Like a majority of them are all German. Oh, bizarre. Huh? I know. That's a strange... I better watch out. Um, <laughs> anyway, Smoky Mountains National Park... Uh, this Dennis, six-year-old Dennis, is with his brother, father, and grandfather. They camped out for the night, and the next day, a man approached Mr. Martin, asking if his sons wanted to play with his kids since they were about the same age. Um, what what year was this? 69. 69, okay. His father agreed, and the children started a big game of hide-and-seek. Dennis's father kept his eyes on his son from a distance. Uh, Dennis had hide, hid behind a tree, and when the other kids jumped out to reveal themselves, Dennis didn't. His father got up and ran over to where he had last seen his son, and he was completely gone, without a trace. Gone. What? The Appala Appalachian Trail was nearby, so he ran at full speed for two miles, yelling and calling for Dennis. He could not find his son. So then he called the park rangers later, and they spent all night looking for him. Uh, the search for Dennis Martin became enormous. The FBI, Green Berets, park rangers, and local volunteers searched for six weeks. The only thing they found belonging to Dennis was one shoe and one sock. They never found a body. Politis contacted an interview and Politis conducted interviews and dug through files with testimonies. So Pol Politis is the guy that's putting this together. Politis is the is the guy that is putting together all these kinda cases. Investigator, kind of. Yeah, he was a he's like a cop forever, and then he got he retired and started investigating these cases. Um, the key family had been camping in a. The Key family had been camping in a park that same weekend, in the same park that weekend, and they asked park rangers where they could go to see bears. And um, 
I don't think you're like really supposed to go I, from the story that when Mr. Ballin told this, like you weren't supposed to go see bears, but the Rangers were like, okay, if you want to see some bears, this is where they're usually at. And, um, when they arrived, they reported hearing a, a child's scream. Uh, one of their children pointed at the top of the hill saying that they saw a bear and the father said that it looked more like a scary looking wild, hairy mountain man dodging between tr- trees while carrying someone over their shoulder. Hmm. Oh my gosh. That's yeah. Which really creepy. That's after the fact. They could have just said that for some like spooky, like, oh, I'm going to like stir this pot and like yeah. get some attention from the story. But who's to say, you know? Yeah. Um, I'll probably just do one more. Yeah, yeah. And then we'll get some. Uh, I'm here for it. Yeah, these are these are really cool. Okay, here is a spicy one. This this is a very very incredibly famous case of James James McGrogan. In 2014, an MD, he's a doctor, James McGrogan, went on a split snowboard trip, which I guess is kind of like. Do you guys know what that is? Split snowboarding. No. A lot of people go on these split snowboard trips and get lost. I think it's like similar to cross country skiing or something. Yeah, I've never heard of that, but okay. He went on a split snowboard trip with his friends in Vail, Colorado. Not many people have heard of split snowboarding. That this Oh, I guess it's explaining it right now. This is a sport that's like cross-country skiing or hiking in snowshoes. Okay. Hmm. He came prepared with a cell phone and a satellite GPS system. He was much faster than his friends, so he said that he would wait for them at the next stop. They lost sight of him, and they never saw him at any of the stops along the trail all the way to the end. When, they, when the search team went looking for him, they found no tracks in the snow that veered off the trail, so they had no idea where he could have possibly gone. I mean, this is snowy, so they would see any kind yeah. of footprints or tracks. Five days later, his body was discovered four and a half miles away as the crow flies, which was more like a 14-mile hike. As, as he would have had to climb mountains in order to get there. It was a very like steep uphill, lots of uphill hiking. Um, his body was found by two hikers at the bottom of a frozen waterfall. The search party had gone over to that area multiple times before and had never seen him until that day. McGrogan was mangled in a strange position. His skull was crushed as if he had fallen from the sky. He was still wearing the full ski outfit and helmet, but there were no boots on his feet, and he'd also taken off his gloves. The search and rescue team later found his discarded split snowboard, but they never found his boots. His cell phone and GPS were still working, and he had packed a backup battery as well. He never used either of them. That's that part spooky. That's bizarre. Yeah. yeah. They tested the area where he was found, and there was a strong cell phone signal, yet he never called anyone for help. The police deemed this as an accidental death and closed the case. Dude. And this is this is actually some of the like more mild ones. The ones that involve children are really crazy. Yeah. Because yeah. like there are certain instances where like these children are like they're just in a bathing suit or something. They're like barefoot in a bathing suit and they cross like dozens of miles of of land and then they're found like like in like they'd have to be sprinting the entire time throughout the night and not sleeping and then they're they're found somewhere really weird stuff hmm. makes Man. you think makes you think yeah mm-hmm. stay safe that's probably just a strange series of coincidences but um no that's it's a really interesting really interesting topic it's like total rabbit hole yeah you can spend a lot of time looking into missing cases oh yeah missing persons cases yeah yeah do you guys know of any weird stuff that's ever happened that you can't explain in your life? Like someone, I can think of one actually. It was at high school. Okay. Unless unless you guys have one. T- tell us. I was with I was with um a friend and there was another friend of ours that I'm pretty sure you guys both know this person. Okay. And we were at we were at like we were at one corner of the campus. 
and then this person was like gonna go leave and go do something and then like come back and me and so this person departed me and this other friend we walked all the way down to like remember the school store where you would buy like bagels and stuff yeah yeah, yeah. the uh they had a name for it, it wasn't school store but uh, yeah, i know what you're talking about down near the lower like the yeah lower yeah. part of the campus we went down there like we just like we quickly walked down there and somehow our friend was already there and he had already gotten back from doing whatever he was doing and he was there like waiting and we were like how he was like yeah i just like went to the store and came back and like i'm here or whatever he did and we walked straight beeline directly down to this from where we like where he took off immediately and we were both like how did this like and this this guy that actually like ran off and showed up way ahead of time he's he's still like one of my good friends like i still hmm. we keep in contact i'm just like how did you di-? we felt like we were going crazy we were like how did this happen there's like a time dilation yes. thing where like yeah like time for you guys was going slower than time for him or something yeah it was strange it's like how did are you like a really fast driver it was a super weird deal wow. it was like a strange occurrence huh. still can't explain it good guy though good, the, everyone involved like it's <laughs> i it went on to live a normal life, like... Right. Yeah. He wasn't, like, trolling you or something. I don't know. That's the only thing we can think of, because he right. was kind of a jokester. Yeah, so, like, maybe he was just pulling another prank. That yeah. might have been it, but, like, he was... We were just like, that was weird. Let's not think about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you guys huh. ever had anything like that? Like, I, strange? You know, I can't think of anything right now. No, but uh, if that was a prank, there was one time where we... Pu- <laughs> We we pulled a prank on one of the girls in our classes. Uh, we had a an assignment due, and it was like a huge assignment. Okay, and uh, it was like worth a massive percentage of your grade. Yeah, and everybody you know had spent all night working on it because that's what you do when you're in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> we were like, ah, okay, well what if this thing just happens to go missing? And so, like, she had left to go to the bathroom or something. And we take it and we hide it in someone else's backpack. Oh, no. And she gets back and then we're like, hey, can you, like, show us? Were they a part of the person that you hid it in their backpack? They were part of the joke? Yeah, 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 yeah. So we were like, hey, can can, can you show us, like, what you did on this specific question or whatever and they're like oh yeah 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 of course yeah let me just like let me just show you so they go to pull it out of their binder wherever they had it and they're like wait it's not there (laughs) (laughs) it's not there and so they're like frantically frantically you're like oh weird like where could it have gone yeah like we just saw it i don't know what the deal is they're frantically searching and they're like looking through their notebook and they're looking through every single pocket and they're like looking around their desk and 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 they spend like you know a good 10 minutes just searching and they're freaking out and someone while they're looking in another direction like at their desk or something someone manages to slip it back in their binder oh my god <laughs> just to make this person feel like they're losing their mind <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're like we're like wait, Poor wait, girl. wait just just look in your binder one more time come on now just it's it's got to be in there right and she goes back and she looks in the binder and she's like, wait, it was right here the whole time. How did that even happen? <laughs> Beats me. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. Did they ever find out that you did no, that? No, never oh, found man. out. Oh, man. Never found out. Good. To this day, they have no idea. And uh, They're questioning their 
mental health. Yeah, yeah. But it's really easy to make people question their sanity when they're running on like three hours of sleep. Yeah, know? that too. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that w- <laughs> that w- that was like one of the meanest pranks I've ever pulled. Probably it was terrible. Um, oh. Yeah. I don't have any anything. Nothing. What? Nothing paranormal or freaky or spooky or. Have you ever any spooky stuff happened on on a call or something? Nope. I guess when you're with a bunch of people, things seem less spooky because you're like alone or you're not alone. And right. Yeah. But uh, um. Oh, you know a totally interesting thing. Yeah, let's hear it. Yeah, out of all the cases that all those people went missing, um, none of them ever ever all through out of all of them, none of them ever had a gun. The people that went missing. So, like, having a gun is, like, being taken by woods creatures deterrent. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, that, yeah. Interesting uh, pattern there. Although, I mean, I wonder what the percentage of the population is that carries guns. It also seems like a lot of the, well, at least a couple of the people that you mentioned were children. So, like, mm-hmm. don't let kids have guns. That's a good point, yeah. That, that's maybe not a great idea. That's a, Yeah, that's a... That part doesn't work, but no, um, yeah, but all the uh, all the adults that was a common trend was they, if they none of them were ever armed, hmm. they had like GPS trackers that never got used sometimes, huh? And just like strange stuff. Yeah, that's bizarre. That oh. that one freak that one's freaky. Like the fact that they have a tracker and you're like, well, we should know where you're at, but then still. Have you guys heard of the Dyatlov Pass incident? It's a very famous occurrence. Is that the one in Russia? Mm-hmm. The group of hikers? Yeah, I have heard of that. Mm-mm. Oh, this is going to blow Cody's it's little It's really mind. bizarre. So with that story and with a lot of these other stories, people blame hypothermia because hypothermia makes you act really, really weird. Yeah. Hypothermia can make people like strip off all their clothes because they feel like they're suddenly like boiling hot, yep. even though they're freezing to death. And then they freeze to death even faster. So that's a that's like a that's one hypothesis for a lot of these like why people are like partially naked when they're found mm-hmm. even though they'd be cold. So I mean that is that's probably a, a big part of it. There's a logical explanation for all of it. Probably. Yeah, there is. But it also could be Bigfoot. Perhaps I wasn't gonna go there, but I'm going there. It could be Bigfoot. You never mode. know. You never know. You never and know. Sometimes you just gotta. You just gotta. Go into the conspiracy realm. I, I wasn't going to go there, but it's just, it's perhaps, and it's interesting. Could be big, it could be aliens. It could be aliens. Because the alien, sure. you know, the, the, here's the thing with most alien abductions. It's like, well, why would they pick up a random couple in their house? They probably wouldn't. They would go out of their way to pick somebody up in the woods that nobody else Secluded, can see. yeah. yeah. No, no trace. So if you really, I mean, come on now. Do you want to hear about the Dyatlov Pass incident? Yeah, yeah, let's talk about it. Let me find a let me find a good rendition of it. I'll I'll, I'll just go right to the Wikipedia. Oh, yeah. they put a tomb there. The only like spooky thing that I can think of is when we went to the hole, and we already talked about oh, that. Oh yeah, on we this talked podcast. about oh, yeah. the hole. Did I tell you guys? Whoa, there's a big update that I got on the hole. Okay. I was talking to a guy that I talked to a guy that knows the guy that dug the hole. What really? Did I tell you guys about that? No. no. Yeah, it's one of one of Jeff's buddies. Um, we were like randomly talking about riding dirt bikes, and I'm like, "Oh yeah, I used to ride the power lines out by O'Brien Road," and he's like, "Oh yeah," he's like, "Yeah, I live out there." He's like, "He's like, I cut a lot of those trails out in uh, like on Emory Creek," 
Huh. And I'm like, sweet. And uh, he's like, yeah, there was a while we were trying to keep people out. We, uh, My neighbor dug this big hole. Oh my and I'm like, God. I'm like, you dug, you know the guy that dug the hole. I'm like, you know how much that freaked me out when I rolled up on that one day? Yeah. And he's like, oh yeah. That, he's like, I was like, when was that? That was like around like 2012, 2013, right? He's like, yeah. Oh my so God. So he did it man on- Man-made, man-made, not made by demons. Oh, thank He did it on purpose because he did it was it like- as like a gatekeeper, like to keep- Right, because that's like, oh, so he did it to essentially freak people out. I guess, or just to keep people from think, crossing a certain yeah, area. Yeah, I think uh, to keep people from going past it. Oh, okay, okay. I, for, I totally, that totally escaped me to tell you guys about that. And I, I was talking to, I'm like, wow, that had me really freaked out when I was yeah. like 13 years old. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because that was spooky. It, there was no reason for it to be there, really, and it was just like this pit that seemed like death i had been there like a week before and it wasn't there and then one day it was there and we're like whoa this is weird Uh yeah it was very deep like Like if you had fallen down there you wouldn't get out it'd be hard to get out. did he say how it got dug i'm assuming a machine it must have been but it didn't look like there would be a long time to dig by hand right but it also would seem like it would be difficult to get a machine in there so you gotta give us more updates talk to the guy let us know. <laughs> we need, can we do an interview with the man that dug the hole? I can maybe. I don't know if g- I want to meet him. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Maybe he's, he's a cult he's leader. He's right over there somewhere. He's like right over there. Well, we we gotta we gotta get to the bottom of this. He's probably like less than a couple miles away. All right, all right. Well, give us let's let's figure it out. Uh, but for now, we're gonna talk about the Dyatlov Pass. Yes, we are. Okay, so I I'm. I'm trying to find a really good, like, because the Wikipedia page is a little... N- not... I'll, I'll do the Nat Geo. Okay. Um, I think that the... Uh... We're looking for, like, a quick synopsis or something? Just, a, like, a quick synopsis, but with, with all the details. Well, that that uh, isn't is that kind of... Uh, that's kind of counterintuitive. Yeah, that's not... Re- I don't know how you're going to get both of those at the same time, but... All right, well... Essentially, let, let's just give what it best, our best memory. So there was this this group of elite hikers, and they were actually they were going on this trip to attain like some enormously huge like certific certification as like a really good hiker. Like if you can mm-hmm. make this hike, you were like in the top zero zero one percent. So it was like nine people or something. They were very very experienced. They had mapped out this. They've never done the hike, but they'd mapped it out and they knew what was going on. They knew. They knew their stuff. They were very cut out for the job. So they all go on this hike, and they have, I mean, it's going fine. They have written journals and documentation of how things are going. There are pictures taken. It was like five or six people? I want to say that it was yeah, the trekking group. There, there was like a decent number of people. It wasn't, it wasn't just like Joe Blow and his buddy. It was like, you know... It, there, like there a group. Few, yeah, it was a group of people. It was, uh, it's not giving me a number, but it was a group of people. It was yeah. like more than five people. Okay. Between five and ten probably. Okay. So they go, they're on this hike and it starts getting really, really cold. Um, they're like, they basically set up camp for the night, but they set up camp on the side of this big hillside. Mm-hmm. And this is like gnarly, like super high winds. In Russia. In Russia in sub-zero temperatures. They set their tent up on this like big hillside which right next to them was forest okay so there are theories like they could have easily set it up in the forest had a lot more shelter had firewood right there 
and but they were a ways away from the forest like mm. a good hike away from the forest and, and people believe that like oh maybe they were afraid of something in the forest there's all these theories um this also happened in 1959 oh okay so this you know this happened a while ago there's been a lot of time for speculation and when they were actually found oh there was nine people there's nine people they all died all of them um when they actually did find their tent after they never showed up at the destination they were showing up at, they found bodies everywhere. Uh, the tent was cut open from the inside. What? So there were there were knife and they they proved that they actually shredded the tent open. They were, they destroyed their only tent with knives to escape something. Um, they were found like there were two people that were found nearby in the woods. They had started a fire and then froze to death. Um, most of these people were like not clothed. Like they were in sleeping, like they didn't put their gear on. They just took off from this tent, like in a rush. Um, after the, I'll, I'll start reading some of this cause this is where it gets interesting. After the group's bodies were discovered, an investigation by Soviet authorities determined that six had died from hypothermia while the other three had been killed by physical trauma. One victim had major skull damage. Two had severe chest trauma and another had a small crack in their skull. Uh, four of the bodies were found lying in running water in a creek, and three of those had had soft tissue damage to the head and face. Um, two of the bodies were missing their eyeballs. One was missing its tongue, and one was missing its eyebrows. The investigation concluded that a, a quote-unquote compelling natural force had caused the deaths. Huh. Um, numerous theories have been put forward to account for the unexplained deaths, including animal attacks, hypothermia, an avalanche, catabatic winds which is an interesting concept what what would that even mean Cata, catabatic winds um is basically like certain winds that sound really scary and make people go crazy whoa yeah um there it's that was one of the weird explanations that's probably not what it was but like certain winds when you stand a certain place around trees can sound like screaming or like some weirdness oh whoa. so that's that's a very like a kind of a petty theory but um huh. Infrasound induced panic, military involvement, or some combination. Yeah, because I've heard that like, oh, the KGB, like they were in a KGB area, and then they were like, and they took them out. Maybe I heard one theory where there was like nearby tribes, like, like, basically like Russian tribal people that may Whoa. have that may have killed them, but they are known to be very peaceful, hmm. and there was they couldn't find any evidence or like weapons or things that were involved. Yeah. So there was there was no general conclusion, but. Um, really unexplainable, especially with like all their clothes being missing, and they're like trying to survive by this fire with almost no clothes on. So they obviously did not want to go back to the tent. They had a really strong reason to not go back and get yeah. their stuff. Um, I think that there was evidence they were like cooking in the tent, and they left cooked food, and ran away from it, and like starved and froze to death. Huh. And they just never came back. Some of them were. I don't think they were in too far proximity away from the tent. They like could almost see it. Uh, has carbon monoxide poisoning been Ooh, <laughs> considered I, as one of the? <laughs> I don't. That's that's interesting because they were, uh, I guess they were cooking. From the story that I heard, they were cooking in the tent somehow. So maybe I mean I don't know. Perhaps. Uh, here's an interesting little piece here. Russia opened a new investigation on the incident in 2019, and its conclusions. Oh, they concluded it. Did they? Its conclusions <laughs> were presented in July 2020 that an avalanche had led to the deaths. Survivors of the avalanche had been forced to suddenly leave the camp in low visibility conditions with inadequate clothing and had died of hypothermia. Andrei Kuryakov, Russian gentleman, 
uh, a deputy head uh, of the regional prosecutor's office said it was a it was a heroic struggle. There was no panic, and they had no chance to save themselves under those circumstances. Hmm. That sounds really weird. That doesn't yeah. sound like it really matches, but I don't know. Uh, that's a very famous, strange, unexplainable one is the Dyatlov Pass. And so yeah. the avalanche took off someone's eyebrows. Right. Well, okay, so some of that stuff could be explained by, like, like how long after they had passed away. Well, why would one of them be missing their eyeballs, but the rest of them wouldn't? Yeah, and one person missing just their tongue. I if mean, it was a predator, they'd have eaten the entire body. Well, no, no, I'm thinking of, like, birds or something. Because, like, little creatures will go after the soft tissue, right? Yeah. Oh, but, interesting. So they'll go, like, like go for eyeballs and tongues and, like, eyebrows? noses. But eyebrows That's is, the one that's Eyebrows that's is a little bit me. weird. Why would you try and eat someone's eyebrows? But we're also talking about, you know, 1959 59. Russian, like... Who knows what's going on? It sounds like they found they found six, uh, excuse me, five of the bodies immediately when they went on the search. They found their tent and found the bodies, and then four that were in the the water that had all the weird injuries mm-hmm. were found four months later. Oh, okay. Oh, like a long time later. Yes. Oh well, so who knows what happens after four months? Oh no, excuse me, two months. Two uh, months. But still, like yeah. two months is a really long time to be out in, yeah. And I wonder if it's in an area where things like thaw out too, because if things had thawed out, then like uh, you're really gonna end up with animals getting in there. Yeah. Yes. So I another weird little detail that I heard is that they they found that like a couple of the hikers' clothes were were slightly radioactive. Oh, that's really bizarre. Yeah, but mm. there has been theories that have kind of like. They're like, oh, there could be reasons for that, like coloring that might have a slight amount of huh, some right. kind of material. I don't know. But that's weird. Weird stuff. Yeah. Weird, weird oh. stuff. Aliens. Yeah. Or Yeti. Yeah, it's up in a snowy mountains, right? Abominable snowman. I'm I'm I like that theory. Anyway. Um Gosh, just like the cutting themselves out of the tent, knowing that they would never like they weren't gonna make it if they cut that tent open. Yeah. Right. And the tent was like destroyed. Huh. Everyone like flew out of it. That's just like it was a like a death struggle. They knew what was gonna happen if they didn't do that, so it had to have been something crazy. That's yeah. horrible. Yeah. Don't do crazy hikes like that. Cause why? <laughs> like yeah, that's a weird one. Very, very popular, famous case. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I think that's about it for Such us. Such a spooky yeah, episode. Yeah, wow. Uh thought provoking uh, episode. And on a on a happy note. Yeah. Yeah. And no sleep. R slash no sleep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Creepy. Uh, listen to us on impairedupstairs.com. You can also contact us there on our contact us page. You can listen to us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Audible, and YouTube. And uh, you can watch us on YouTube. And we have yes. video. Yes. We have video on YouTube. Hi, YouTube. You see us. Uh yeah, check everything out. Impaired upstairs. Contact on us on Instagram at impaired upstairs. Contact us on Snapchat and Twitter at impaired up strs. Email us info at impaired upstairs dot com. Thank you all for listening. Uh, when we are not being spooked, <laughs> being abducted by aliens, Ooh. we're gonna be here Ooh. upstairs. <gasps>
Impaled.